I really felt like tonight just to talk about staying in the flow and staying close to the Father, staying close to the Father so that we can have everything the Father has. And I want us to have freedom. I want us to have power. I want us to have authority. But we have to stay close to the Father, and we got to be in His house to make sure that we have His favor on us because we can do anything we want to do if we will stay close to the Father and not try to do our own thing. And that's what I felt tonight from my heart. Luke 15, 11, let's go there, 11 through 16. Good to see Brother Devin Anders, man. We love you here at our church, you and your wife with you. And he's a great man of God, missionary, and uh, raising up funds to go. And uh, maybe at the end of service he can give us an update if we have time. Love to hear what's going on with him raising money for missionary. Good to see Bonnie back again. We appreciate Sister Bonnie Long. She hangs out with us a lot. I'm like her second pastor, if that's such a thing. I just, I just claimed that myself. She didn't say that. I just claimed that myself. Uh, Luke 15, yeah, she's raising funds also. I think, I think people are hanging around us because they know that we would probably help them out. That's, that's what it is. They can feel our spirit for missions. And, and we probably have missionaries in our own church that are praying about going the missions field. So then there's that. Luke 15, 11, he said a certain man had two sons. This is Jesus giving us a, a parable, a story of these two sons and this father. And let's, let's learn from it today. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion. Everybody say portion. He wanted the portion. He wanted the portion so he could be free of his father. He wanted to get the portion so he could go. So he asked his father, give me the portion of goods that fall to me, what I deserve, being your son. So the father divided to them to them, because there were two sons, the portion. He went ahead and gave the portion to both while he was at it, and he gave it to them. Verse 13, not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there he wasted his possessions with prodigal living, with living away from the father, living selfishly. Whatever he wanted to do, he did it. He wasted the possessions his father gave him and he ran out verse 14 says that when he spent all there arose a severe famine in the land and he began to be in want and how could you have predicted that when you left your father's house a famine would have happened that's just the way it works out when you think that you can live without him and you'll have enough and you divide it all up and plan your your, your little your little bean meal and your little rice krispie treats out for the next six years and you're like oh i've got enough and then the famine hits and you don't have enough you just never know when you're going to need more from the Father. And so he thought he could plan on not needing him. He thought he could make it for a while without him, but a famine, a famine happened, and he began to be in want. He didn't have enough all of a sudden. Verse 15, so then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed the swine. He got the lowest of the low job, whatever he could do just to make it. He was in the middle of the pig's pen in the mud and he would have gladly verse 16 have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate he would have gladly ate what the pigs ate because that's just how messed up this young man was that he would go to the depths and do things he never dreamed he would do and no one gave him anything everybody say in Jesus name, in Jesus name. thank you for standing let's be seated and let's get ready for the word to come to us tonight so that we can obey the Holy Ghost tonight and do what the Lord wants to do. Once again, I'm so glad you're all here. You look great. Okay, a son was ready to leave his father, and the father gave him his inheritance, and with that, the son is gone. The son is out. The son said, peace, I'm out of here. You've given me my blessings, my hookup. You have given it to me, and therefore I no longer need you. And it wasn't long before the son had completely wasted everything that his father had given him. And when he had nothing left, he ended up doing things he never dreamed he would do. Because you cannot predict what you will do when you disconnect from God. You can't imagine what you will do when you quit church. You say, I'll never be that. I'll never do that. Somebody say amen today. Because you've been there. Some of y'all have had your stories. You've backslid. You were in church and you got out of church and you realized you did things you never dreamed that you would do. 
Because when you disconnect from the Father's house, uh, you become desperate. Uh, and when you get desperate, uh, you begin to reach for things that you never even thought that you would reach for. You see, we've never been empty. And until you've been empty, don't say what you will do or not do. Don't ever declare what you will never do. Don't you live like that. Don't have faith for your backsliding. Don't have faith for quitting God. Some people sit here on the edge of their pew tonight and say, if I didn't have this, I would not be so bad. But you can't declare that. You can't prophesy a life without God. You can't say you'd be all right without God. You ain't never been that hungry. Especially if you've been raised in church. You have no clue what you're talking about. If you've been raised in church on your worst day, you were blessed. On your worst day, you had the favor of God somewhere within your area code. God was moving somewhere around you. And when you quit God and disconnect from the Father's house, you find yourself in a position of eating and doing things you never dreamed you would do, never dreamed you would touch. You just don't know until you're there. You just don't know till you get out. And you pay more than you're willing to pay. You know, it's easy to predict a future away from the Father standing in the Father's house. It's easy to be in the house of God where the worship's going forth and the Spirit's moving and say, I can make it right here, out there. But you need to get out there before you talk like that. Don't, don't predict your future in this presence, with this power, with this anointing. You may take this for granted. You may take this for granted. You're surrounded by the Father's house. You're surrounded by servants and anointing and power. Don't you ever take for granted the Father's house. You are one step away from backsliding when you lose the allure of the Father's house, when you forget where you are and whose house you're standing in. Be careful taking the church for granted. Be careful being able to come to church and worship. Never get to the place where you decide what's best out there because you're in here. It's easy to predict you'll be okay standing at the feet of the Father. Before Jesus was taken captive, Peter said, I'll never leave you, Lord, but empty will make you crazy. When you get empty, you'll go crazy. Don't ever get empty. Don't ever get empty. Don't ever run out. Don't ever, Lord, help me tonight. Don't ever run out. Don't ever stop praying. Don't ever stop. Don't ever take a day off. Don't you get empty. When you get empty, you will go crazy. You'll do things you never dreamed you would do. Stay close to the Father, church family. Don't you ever distance yourself. Don't get away. Don't take a day off. Don't ever have a day where you want something in the world. Fulfill that urge inside of you daily because you will, you will do things you never dreamed you'd do on empty and right now we act bold and we act like we can flirt with the enemy. We act like we can watch stuff we shouldn't watch because we're in the Father's house. And we are some of the worst as Christians of playing on the edge of our salvation. We're some of the worst in the Father's house thinking we can go a little further than everybody else because we're in the Father's house. But be careful. Don't ever, don't ever live on empty. Don't ever declare that you can do things and get away with things because you're a child of the King. That's dangerous talking. That's scary talk. In Luke 15 and 17, the Bible says, But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and even leftover to spare? They eat like we do at restaurants where we order all this food, and I just feel guilty that <laughs> I get done. You ever done that before? You ever ordered so much food you thought about people over there, little kids in Ethiopia? You ever done that before? I have. I have eaten so much food, I sat there and said, what, Lord, am I going to go to heaven? Look at all the food I just wasted. Can I just box it up and do something with it? And, and, and so they had all this food left over. They were so blessed. They have bread and bread left over. And he's sitting here thinking, I am, I am starving to death, but even my, my father's servants, not my father's sons, but my father's servants are doing better than me. The lowest of the low in the kingdom of God is better than the highest of the high in the world. He didn't just say, man, my father is good. He said, man, my father's servants have it good. There's a difference. And you need to know the difference. Because the lost son's hope was not in the goodness of the father, but in the blessings of the servants. 
He knew his father was good when he left him. But what he forgot about was how good the lowest in the kingdom had it. What he forgot about was how good the servants had it. And that's what caused him to recollect and think, you know what? I'm pretty stupid for living like this. If I just went back to the Father and I became a servant, I would have it good compared to living out in this world. So the lost son's hope was in the servant's success. Those in the pig pen are wondering how good the servants of God really have it. People that are lost in this world are not looking at our good, good father to come to church. They're looking at the servants. What calls to those in desperation is not just a good God, but a blessed servant. What calls the people who are out there in the pig pen is not just a good God, but people like you and me who we have served him and it's been nothing but good for us. We give everything to him and he gives all to us. It's a mutual blessing. And you and I, we need to be blessed if we're going to reach somebody. Because the world's looking at us. You cannot shift the responsibility of your testimony onto the pastor or onto Jesus all the time. Because when you put your skirt on and you do your hair and get your dainty jewels and you men get your hair all looking nice and put your suit on and you walk around like, like you're holy and you're righteous, you become a servant that they see. And when they look at you, they see the prophecy of who they can become if they get back in the church. They do not measure themselves by the Father. They measure themselves by the lowest because they understand, I don't know what position I'll have when I go to God, but at least I'll have the lowest, and the lowest is better than the highest. I don't know who's in this house today and how high you are, but even the lowest among us ought to be blessed. Even the lowest among us ought to have a smile on their face and a praise on their lips and a shout to God because the world is not looking at this platform. The world is looking at those pews. So I just want, I want to ask you, do you have it good? Do you have it good? Because there are a lot of broken people out there who are wondering if they have it, if, if we have it any better than they do. God forbid. There are people on the pig pen who would rather stay in the pig pen than come to church. Now something's wrong with that picture. We say stuff like, how come you just don't want to go to church? Life's so miserable for you. Because maybe they've talked to too many of us. And we're just as miserable. That's just the truth, y'all. Look, if we're going to be a revival church and we're going to help this world, we got we to gotta take care of us. I preached that Sunday. We got to be blessed, y'all. We got to get our stuff worked out. The hope of the world and those in the pig pen is not a miserable, sacrificing Christian who just barely rolls out of bed, rolls up in church and sits in the service and just endures it and goes home. That does not look any more blessed than they have. It's a tragedy that people who are hooked on drugs don't want our life. Think about that. It's a tragedy that people are broken and hurting and suffering and abused, and yet they meet us and they don't want our life. What's wrong with us that people will not want to trade their pig pens for our blessed service to God? The world needs to know we have it better. Look, I got it better than the majority of the world. I got it better. Hang out with me. You're going to find out that God's been nothing but good to me. Let me tell you the story of what God's been to me. God has blessed me. I've served him and done it his way, and he's been good to me. And when people hang out with me and my wife and our family, they need to know that they can have a better life, that this is the best life. This is the best life. Just let me tell somebody, you want to get out of that world and look at my family? God has been good to us. And the world needs to hear about how good God has been to us. A church with nobody blessed 
offers nothing to a hurting world. And that's why we take full responsibility for our own revival. It is not God's fault. It is not, his, it's not the Father's fault. No, it's the blessings of the sons and the servants of God that call to people. And that's the reason why people want to come in the Father's house. You know, we, we, give, the Father, we give the Father an evidence for his grace and mercy. Because we know God's good, but God works through people. And so you can't know God's good if you don't know a person that God's blessed. We talk about God like he will bless someone, but you need to say, God bless me. You don't need to talk about how God blesses people. You need to have a testimony that says, God bless me. Let me tell you my story of what God did for me. Don't talk about somebody else. Don't reference somebody else. You need to have your own story about how God has blessed you. This is what causes people to want to go to the Father. Because of what God is doing in me. That's why it's okay for you to take care of you. Because when you get blessed, people will be blessed by watching your walk with God. And they'll want what you have. I think I, I, think I ran that one in the ground pretty good. So I'll go ahead and move on. Thank you, Brother D.C., appreciate you. Luke 15 and 18, I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. He's making his mind up now in the pig pen. I know what I'm going to do to get out of this. I'm going to go to my father, and I'm going to confess to him that I have messed up. I have messed up against, against everything here. I've messed up against heaven before you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. I will take a demotion gladly. Make me like one of your hired servants. I am willing to go back and be a servant and lose the status of a son just to get out of this mess. And some of us, the only thing that will ever teach us is the pig pen. See, some of us in church, sometimes it just takes the pig pen. Now, I'm sorry, it's what it takes. You know, we, we all want to keep everybody in church, but sometimes the best lesson is the pig pen. We pray, God, don't ever let them go to the pig pen. But sometimes the pig pen's the only way. The pig pen gives reference to the grace of God. It actually creates the darkness, uh, makes the light a lot more pretty. And that pig pen makes you appreciate the Father's house much more. 1 Corinthians 5, there was this spoiled church member who was creating all kinds of sexual problems in the church, sleeping with his mother-in-law, which you've got to have some kind of devil to do that. Somebody think about it. Your mother-in-law. That ain't supposed to even be a good relationship to start with. So you know the devil done worked. You know the devil done set his, his hands all up in your mind. And Paul, they wrote a letter to Paul. Paul didn't have to be there. This is, this is the apostolic right here, y'all. Paul is so far away. I mean, they're, they're giving letters, and they're directing church, church answers. And they were like, Paul, we don't know what to do. Because Paul started these churches. And Paul wrote back and said, turn them over to the devil. Why? That's the opposite of what I want to do. Because this man wouldn't listen to preachers. This man wouldn't listen to the grace of God. This man didn't care about the Father's goodness. He had to go out there and let the devil wreck his world just so he could one day wake up and realize I had it much better listening to the apostles and doing it God's way. Go read it for yourself, y'all. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. I know you're shocked because no preacher talks about it. But it's right there in our Bible. Not very far away from the love chapter. Actually, it came before the love chapter. Hello? But, but here, was the, here was the context. He ain't listening to none of us. He'll listen to the devil. And when the devil destroys, this is exact wording, the flesh, so that his spirit can be saved, you have not lost people just because the devil got a hold of them. You hear me? I just felt a word of faith for someone right now. Just because there's somebody in your life that you love that looks like the devil's got a hold of them, God's still in control. God uses the devil for good. The devil still works for my God. The devil still works for my God. There ain't nothing the devil can do but just help us. That's why you don't, you don't mess with the devil, fear the devil. Don't worry about that loud-mouthed devil. He can't do anything without God giving him permission. All he can do is make you want to pray more. 
people are like, Pastor, the devil woke me up last night. I started praying. I'm like, well, well, whatever it takes. <laughs> When's the last time God woke you up? Ooh. DC. I could have fist bumped you right there, Brother DC. That was, a, that was powerful. It's amazing how brokenness redefines necessity. He went from, I need my stuff so I can leave you, get me out of here, to, I'm good being a nobody if I can just have some bread. <laughs> it's amazing how when you sit in church and you've been here for a long time, you just kind of, you get dazed off when the preacher preaches, it's no, no big deal. But then you find somebody that just, just didn't have a good life, and they roll up in here and they start to just get every word you say. And they're on the edge of their pew. And they're just like, can you feed me again? Can we have church again tomorrow night? How about another prayer meeting? Hey, can you give me Bible study two times this week? It's amazing how when you have not had this, uh, this is a big deal. Don't ever let this become comfortable. I'm going to tell you right now, y'all, it don't matter what you got if you don't have food. It don't matter what you have if you don't have food. I can be driving my truck. I could be on my way to a vacation. But if I'm on a fast, I might as well just go quit. What's the point? How many of y'all going to take a cruise and take it fast at the same time? You wouldn't take it. You wouldn't take a cruise and fast because you can't enjoy it if you're hungry. I don't care what we have if we're not fed by God. I don't care what we have if there's no flow. It doesn't matter what we have if there's no flow from God daily coming to us. We are miserable people when we get hungry. Don't get hungry. Don't get hungry in Jesus' name. Don't get hungry. So, so it says here, he's like, I, I don't care nothing about you until he gets hungry. And now he's like, look, I'll be nobody. Just let me come back home. And I don't know if you think that you're anybody special tonight. But if you are in the church, let me tell you something. You need to be encouraged tonight. You're doing really good. Just pat yourself on the back. If you're in the Father's house right now, that's the only blessing you need. <laughs> if you're in the Father's house, you may have everything else going wrong. You may not be having the position or get the solo you want. But if you're in the Father's house, then you are really doing better than you realize. And you ought to be thankful tonight just to be in the Father's house. There are people in this world that are rolling around in the mud right now wishing they could have what you have. So if you're not happy to be in the church, you, you must not have been broken. You may be living off of a portion, and you have not found your pig pen yet. But to everybody else in the church tonight, you who know what it's like to dine with the swine, you ought to have a praise on your lips. Because it's just good to be here. Luke 15 and 20, he rose and came to his father. And when he saw, when he, when he was still a great way off, his father saw him, had compassion on him. And the father ran and fell on his nasty, dirty son's neck and kissed him. Because the father was waiting on the waster to come back home. You've heard it said, I'm going to wait on the Lord. <laughs> we get everything we do from Him. Every principle that we live by, He first did for us. There is nothing we do for Him that He has not already done for us. <laughs> We're all singing, I will wait on you, Lord. I'm going to wait on you, Lord, as if it's just us. But the Bible tells us the Father, he's good at waiting on us too. And while we're wasting and while we're messing up, he is waiting by faith on our return, watching with expectation and faith for us to come home because the Father knows what the pig pen does. Fear not when you've got loved ones that are in the pig pen. Just keep looking down the road, waiting on their return. 
Because we know what the pig pen will do. It'll make you want to go home. And the reason why the father is waiting with anticipation on the son to come home is because nobody worships quite like someone who's wasted everything. Remember when Mary brought her expensive year's worth of oil and she breaks it open and worship to bow before Jesus and worship him? Many people said, what a waste. What a waste. Think of what we could have done with that year's worth of wages. But the Bible says that from that, she had a reputation. She was known among them as a sinner. But yet this sinner woman who had a horrible reputation, she brought this year's worth of wage and she, what they say, wasted it all. Because in comparison to my pig pen, this year's worth of wage isn't very much at all. Nobody can worship like somebody who's wasted their entire life on something dumb, ridiculous, pointless. It's amazing the value of things change when you get saved from that darkness. It's amazing how things shift that you thought were valuable before, and now all of a sudden, that's nothing to you. Before your problem, the one years of wages meant a lot to you, but after your problem, it's just worship is all it is now. I could care less about the one year's worth of wage. I don't need the money. I need the rescuing. I need the saving. Because nobody worships like somebody who's lost everything. It's just money. It's just stuff. But give me my father. I like the fact, I need to point out tonight, I like the fact, because we are, we are the, the sons of God and we have to emulate our, our heavenly father. I like the fact the father did not have to beat him up to get him to come back home. When someone is in a pig pen... They don't need preaching to. When you, when you have got pig slop coming out your mouth and mud all in your ears, you don't need someone to tell you that you're going through a storm or you're in a bad place in life or you might want to think about making a change. And I'm so thankful that the, that the father didn't have to chase him down and say, look, I told you so. Because listen, the run back home hurts bad enough. I don't know what's harder, the pig pen or the walk home. The journey from your mud pit to your good father, knowing that you messed up bad, knowing that you wasted everything, knowing that he's been nothing but good. And you're wondering how he'll take you. And you're wondering what others will say about you. And you don't know if they're going to laugh. You don't know if they're going to say, I told you so. That's the hardest journey you'll ever make. My dad, uh, my dad backslid from church. So this story means a lot to me. My dad was going to be a preacher. If you've heard of Wayne Huntley, my dad went to Bible college with Wayne Huntley. He could have been just like him. But my dad got frustrated and had some issues and ended up quitting and all of my life, I grew up with the prodigal son as my father. And he knew he was wrong. And he knew he needed to go back home. And he would try at times to visit church. But let me tell you something about what my dad had to do before he got back in church years down the road. He couldn't even go back to my church, his local church. He had to go 30 minutes down the road to the other church where nobody knew him. Because he didn't know if he could trust the people in the church to welcome him back home after giving up his calling. And sometimes the hardest thing for us when we drift from God is not the decision to go back home, but just the getting back home. And that's why everyone who messes up needs all of us at the front door of the church saying, I'm so glad you're back. I'm so glad you're back. Oh, it's so good to see you. We've been waiting on you. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. 
Thank you, Lord. There's a lot of backsliders in this area. There's a lot of broken people in this area who used to go to church, who used to have the Holy Ghost, and they're scared to go back to church because they know we're a holiness church. We're a law going by church. We're a well, you better live right or go to hell church. And they're scared to come back home. But we have got to make sure that we make it easy on them. And when we talk to them, we got to let them know it's okay. Come back home. Verse 21, and the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to even be called your son. But the father said to his servants, I want you to bring out the best robe and put it on this broken son. Put a ring on his hand, sandals on his feet. A robe, a ring, and sandals. Everybody has a different opinion of what they mean, but here's what I think they mean. I think it's a robe for his identity. Because in their day, clothing would signify your line of trade, your royalty, or who you were. The Bible says that Peter, whenever he was backslid after Jesus was crucified, Peter was naked fishing like his old days. And when he saw Jesus on the shore, he put his jacket on before he swam. <laughs> kind of like some of us do at Galveston. We look like we're drowning. <laughs> some of y'all don't get it. Thank you, Brother Anders, for laughing. I appreciate you for supporting tonight. But some of y'all dress naked at the beach, but we actually stay covered up. And so people drive by like, are y'all okay? Do y'all need assistance? I'm like, no, we, we keep our clothes on on purpose, actually. It's... See somebody around there with red shirt, red, red shorts, and one of them little red things, slow motion. You're like, we're good. We're good. We're, we're fine. We don't need your assistance. Thank you very much. You can go back to looking pretty. And we're fine. So I feel like the robe is for identity. You're not just some broken son. I feel like the ring is for his authority. In their day, the ring would be used as a signet to stamp on top of a wax seal. It would be used as as authority this is the seal this is the father's son and the sandals in my opinion for his possibilities where he could go what he could do and with his future and where he could go from this moment you can almost see the repentance in the robe baptism in the ring and the sending power of the holy ghost in the sandals if you look deeper but that's just me and Jesus talking. When I was praying about this, I really felt like God wanted to say to our church tonight that the freedom and the power and all that we're looking for comes from the flow of being close to our Father on a daily basis. And that we mess up big simply because we disconnect from Him. That we really are good people and we mean well, but we mess up big when we're not close to our Father when we think that we can run from Him and stay away from Him and still have the flow. And we can't keep the flow if we're not close to the Father. You see, this young man wanted freedom without his Father. He wanted freedom without the rules. He wanted freedom without having to listen to somebody tell him what to do. It's what the world wants. They want the provision of a good God without having to live for him, without having to stay in his house, without having to go by the guidelines of the home. But you will eventually run out of your father's blessings when you disconnect from your father's house. In other words, he wanted the freedom of his father's provision and the freedom from his father's authority. And you can't have both. He wanted to be able to spend his father's money his own way. But listen, when you have no father, you have no flow, and the father let him leave with a portion that was purposed to run out. It was purposed to run out. He gave you just enough to let you think you could make it but in time you realize i don't need what he gives me watch this i just need him 
We come to God for what we need given to us. And we come when we're broken, just enough to get healed. We come just enough to get bailed out of a bad relationship or a sickness. And we come to God for portions when we should be coming for positions. We come to God just to get a few things, to hold us over a few more months. Enough of our God to not need our God, but he wants to be, he wants to be our father and give us position. Because position will keep us in the flow, whereas portion will destine us to run out. God does not want to give us just another good service. He wants to give us just what we need for today and have us come right back tomorrow and do it all over again. He wants us to be in position. And we have got to stop being a people of portions and start being a people of positions. Because we always come to church for just a little, just enough. But he wants us to come for him, to recognize that he owns the cattle of a thousand hills. And that he can give us what we need when we need it. It will stay in the flow. It will stay close to the Father. We'll get what we need when we need it. And we have access to all of the heavens. We have access to anything we could ever need. We've got to be in the flow, though. I'll say it like this. You can live temporarily on your father's supplies and be completely out of submission to him and not even know you're backsliding. Jeremy Camp said it's a slow fade when he wrote the song. You know why we don't know we're walking away from God? Because we're carrying a bag of things and memories that God gave us from the last five years in church. But listen, you're prophetically running out. I feel the Holy Ghost talking to somebody right now. You are living off yesterday's experiences and you're leaving God and don't even realize that you have walked away because you have got a portion and no longer have a position. And God wants to awaken us today and tell us uh, it, you don't go off how you feel. You don't go off what you're carrying with you. You go off where you live. You go off who you see daily. You go off that father relationship on a daily basis. You don't go off what God gave you at camp meeting last year. You go off your everyday bread with God. You may not feel the effect of missing a church service or a prayer time immediately. Just like you don't gain weight eating the M&M. It's one by one, y'all. Anybody else seen your pictures from five years ago and you're like, who is that guy? Man, there was a while I was, I was on a big weight gain thing. I look back at my, my wedding pictures. I thought I ate myself. I, I thought I absolutely ate myself. It was like me, but it was inside. I was trapped. The old me was trapped and the new me. Mm. You, you, it's okay, you don't have to say amen, Sister Green. Thank you. You, you may not even feel missing one church service. And here's what we say, it's no big deal. That's the portion talking, not the position. You better be careful saying stuff like, I think I can make it a little longer without. Woo! That's dangerous talk right there. That's what you do right before you backslide. That's what you do right before you think you don't need him anymore. And one day you wake up and you're in the pig's pen and you've lost some things. You've got some drama and some baggage. And I'm, your pastor's here just to warn you tonight so you don't ever have to go down that road. Do not go off of how you feel right now. Go off of your daily walk with your father. Don't be deceived by your portion, because your portion will run out. Amen. The problem comes, I'm almost done, the problem comes when you think your portion will continue to sustain you in your father's absence. You left the father to be free, so let me ask you, why are you in such pain and bondage? Pastor, I feel like you're just wanting me to be in bondage. You keep telling me to pray all the time. Be at church all the time. Don't you realize how much that binds me and holds me down? And I heard so many people over the years think that we are a legalistic church and that we've got all these rules and we hold them back. And I'm like, how's life going for you when you quit? Where are the testimonies of people that find me three years later and say, it's really good. I'm good right now. Great. 
If you're free, why are you so messed up? You don't have to do anything. You don't have to pray. You don't have to come to church. You don't have to live this life. You can do what you want. But if, if your goal is to be free of the Father, then why are you in so much bondage all the time? Not having your prayer life. Not reading the Word daily. All the things you call rules and regulations, if it's so good, then why when you stop all of those things do you feel so bad? It is. It's the truth. Because the Son cannot sustain the Son cannot sustain the freedom without being close to the Father. A portion will run out, but a position will never run out. And that's why the Son said, My Father's servants have it better than me. Even though I have probably received a greater portion, they have received nets even more than I have because they stayed in the flow. So he ran on home to daddy because he decided I would rather have flow than freedom. And you've got to make up your mind today. The Lord sent me here to talk to some of you because you've got to make your mind up today. Do you want to have freedom or flow? Because you're free to go and do what you want. But not me. I'm, I'm staying at the feet of the Father. I'm not getting out of this thing. I know where my blessings come from. I know where my favor comes from. I know where my grace comes from. I know it's better to stay in the Father's house. I don't want a portion. I don't want everything tonight in this service. I just want to reinforce my relationship with my Father. You know, we, we, we all, there are people that they will, they will search YouTube for the biggest portions. They will go to conferences for the biggest portions. And they're a portion people. But portion people never last. Only people that want position. It's okay for me to feel like I'm a little bit locked up here as long as I've got the flow of the Father. This is a good place to be locked up. This is a good place to be stuck. If I'm going to be stuck anywhere, I'm going to be stuck in the Father's house. If I'm going to feel trapped, if we're all going to feel trapped, at least feel trapped in the flow of the Father. If you're going to feel trapped, at least be trapped with a rich Father with all kinds of goods and blessings. I have learned that we're all living by a law. We're all living according to a law. We're all either trapped in one or the other. I'm trapped here, you're trapped there, but I like mine. I love mine. I like this. Paul said, I'm a prisoner of Christ. <laughs> Lock me up and throw the key away. You can't twist the word bondage bad when it comes to the Father's house. You can't convince me that I'm stuck here with all the blessings I've got. You'll never tell me I ought to quit church and have it better. You don't understand the flow of the Father's house. It's better to stay in the Father's house. Thank you, Jesus. I just felt like tonight God wanted to encourage someone and tell you, stop looking out. Stop looking out. There are people in our church, the Lord has showed me that there are people in our church that you're, you're thinking maybe the grass is greener on the other side. Go talk to somebody, please. Go talk to somebody, please, with scars, with issues, with background. Go talk to somebody and ask them if it's better. If it's, so, if it's so good, how come our church has so many backsliders that came back home? Well, let's just do it right now. If you, if you were in church, got out of church and came back, raise your hand, lift your hand all across. Look around, everybody look around. Was in, got out, and guess what happened? Came back. Because that's a testimony for somebody right now that if you go out there, you will never be satisfied. You'll be cut off from the flow, and you will long for God. Hallelujah. Let's stand to our feet tonight and begin to give God some praise. 
Let's let the Holy Ghost begin to talk to somebody. Let's let the Lord begin to minister right now. In the name of Jesus, I'm already in the flow. I've already found the best. I already have the best. There's nothing out there for me. I just want to tap into the Father's house. I just want what I've got right here. I just want to access this. I don't want a portion. I want to know I have a position. I want it. I want it. I want access to you, God. I want to be in your house, God. I want to know the fullness of my Father. I want the blessings of my Father. I want to love this thing. I want to love the church. I want to love being in the church. I want to love you, God. Help me, Jesus, to love you, Lord. Help me to love what I found. Help me to love this place. Help me to love walking with you, God. Help me understand there's nothing out there for me. Nothing out there for me. Nothing out there for me in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands. The Holy Ghost is going to minister tonight before we leave. Thank you, God, for the word tonight. Uh, thank you, God, for the encouragement tonight. Uh, you're a good father. You're a good father. There ain't nothing out there for me. There's nothing out there for me. I just want to fall in love with what you've already showed me. I don't have to go down that dark road to see that you're a good God. I don't have to go out there and have pain and suffering to see that you're a good God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. If you were born and raised in church, you ought to give God some praise right now that you've never had to go out there and experience the pig pen. I'm so glad. I'm so thankful that I've been blessed to live in the Father's house. I'm so thankful. <laughs> Ha! <laughs> huh. Watch this. The older son was frustrated because it looked like the father was giving special attention to the one who left. But when this attitude came out to the father, the father said, you've missed it. This calf that I have been fattening up for your little brother could have been yours all along. But you didn't realize everything I've got is already yours. And if you would understand that by staying here, you have access to everything I already own, you will never want to leave the Father's house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The reason why we look outside the church is because we haven't looked enough inside the church. I feel the Lord talking to somebody right now. You haven't found your prayer life yet. That's why you're looking outside the church. You've never really fasted the right way. That's why you're outside the church. You've never found the Word of God and loved the Word of God. That's why you're looking outside the church. The blessings in the church are available to us right here and right now. And if you would tap into what the Father has for you right here and right now, you would never want the things of the world. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Woo. Praise God. Adam and Eve looked at the one tree they couldn't have. That's all they could think about. They forget that they were surrounded by all the fruits and vegetables in the entire world were in their garden. And all they could think about was the one thing they couldn't have because they forgot to explore the gardens that God had already built for them. They got their eyes on the one thing they couldn't have. And they missed paradise. Look at your neighbor and tell them you already found it. Tell them you've already found it. What you're looking for out there, you've already found it. And if you're doubting me right now, it's simply because you are a son that has not explored your father's stables. Man, Jesus. Lift your hands again. The Lord is talking to us right now. God, I don't know who you're talking to right now, but in the name of Jesus, somebody here, God is calling you to a deeper walk in the Holy Ghost. God is calling you to a deeper walk in the Holy Ghost. You're questioning God because you refuse to explore the things of God. You refuse to go deeper with your Father. Come on, you can be the older son and you can have disdain for the Father's house. Jesus' name. Wow. Hallelujah!
Jesus. Jesus' name. <laughs> oh, God, how many have we lost because we never explored the fullness of the Father's house? How many have we lost because we never really got the prayer life the preacher said to get? How many have we lost because we've never tapped into the fullness of our God? And we look out there and it looks like they're partying. But we've got it better. And if you don't have it better, you at least have access to better. You might be sitting here today going, I don't think I got it better. But you know what you've got that they don't have? You've got the key to the door. All you've got to do is ask them. He's your father. He's your father. If you can believe that this father is better than your last father, then you can know that he will give you from the desires of his heart, from the riches and glory that he owns, and he owns it all. And that if you could just ask him, what do you have that I don't even know that you have? You will no longer want a portion. You'll want your position. You'll want to stay in the house of the Lord forever. You'll want to get to church as fast as you can. You'll get up in the morning and say, forget my coffee, get my prayer meeting out, get my Bible out. I need to get back in position. Whew, thank you, God. I don't feel like I've got anything else to say, but I do feel like we should take some time and fall back in love with the Father's house. Sister Green, whatever you feel to sing, everybody else, for a few moments. You're welcome to come to the altar right now so we can pray together. Find somebody. Pray with them. Find somebody. Encourage them. There could be someone that you're on the edge. You're looking out in the world. There's nothing but a pig pen out there. Nothing but a famine out there. But today I feel the Lord calling to us saying, come on to the Father's house and see what I got for you. I got more. I got more, church. I got deeper places and greater things and blessings and fatted calves. Oh, Jesus.